benefit for KPFA are $13 at the door or $10 in advance, available at supporting bookstores. Please check the KPFA website for more information. You're listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for a cover-to-cover open book. Welcome to Cover to Cover Open Book. Today on Cover to Cover Open Book, we celebrate Raza Heritage by bringing you the audio version of David Greenberg's Duplex Planet magazine, Growing Old in East L.A., which looks into the lives of elderly Mexican-Americans. The diversity of voices reveal universal themes identity, reflection in old age, and the dignity of the individual. With music by David Hidalgo and Luis Perez of Los Lobos. Stay tuned. Central and the Caribbean Islands, my family is from New Mexico and California. My family's been here since California started. Oh, okay, so back They were back. some of the people that came with, you know, the pobladores. Uh-huh. Yeah, of well, my first. family, uh-huh. My great-great-great-great-grandmother. And every time my mom was going to give birth, she went to Mexico to have us, three of us. That was their way at that time. They wanted us to be born in Mexico, oh, you know, to please grandmothers, yeah. But then later in life, we found out we should have been born here. This is my way of thinking. I respect everybody's way of thinking, but to me, it's I want to go back and end my days in in Mexico. I love the United States. It's uh, my home. But to me, I still want to end end my days in Mexico. Mexico is like it's calling me to, don't know why, I just want to go in my, in my days over there. We're shaped by the events and circumstances of our childhood. It all becomes part of our experience and the way we see the world as adults. As we talked, many people look back on what were undeniably hard times with a degree of nostalgia. I asked them what it was like growing up in East L.A. I was brought up during the Depression and all that. You live from day to day, just hoping the hell you had a better day, and things worked out for me. One of my girls used to tell me, Mother, how was depression to you? Fine. We didn't suffer. I mean, we were poor to the begin with, but we always had chickens, rabbits, and whatever. My mother used to give to the ones that didn't have anything like that. So we didn't suffer. But we always had something to eat and to give. You need unity, togetherness, and and all together you can do something about it. But if you go one way and the other one goes the other way, forget it. My mother and father were very strong. It was uh, was really good uh, growing up in L.A. I don't know, we were considered maybe poverty or poor because we uh, were in the Depression. 
I used to swim in the LA River. I used to have sand there. It's like a kind of like a beach. One of the last to, to swim there, we couldn't leave our clothes because they'd come and steal them. So, so then you had to send somebody home to come and bring you some clothes. All right. <laughs> I used to play ball. We used to be called the Dodgerettes and I had my team. Whoa. And I used to umpire CYO League and public ground league. Those were the good memory days for me. I used to be out there and that ball keep you score for the umpire and all that kind of thing. I like that. We picked the name Dodgerettes for ourselves, you know. There was one team called the Bunnies and I forget the other two teams. But we went and defeated three times. I sure miss it. I miss it so much. I used to play shortstop and pitch. So that was my position. We used to have playoff games and tournaments and stuff like that. And Oh, those were real enjoyable days. I really enjoyed that. We had a beautiful childhood. My mother and my father always provide for us. My mom used to cook. My dad used to cook. My mother was a seamstress. We went to school. They thought that we had money because we always dressed real nice. Everything matched. Our little socks, our little shoes. Everything was beautiful. My brothers and sisters were all very good. We used to say the rosary every night. And my mother used to bless our, our beds every night before she went to bed. I had beautiful childhood. Even though my mom and my dad went probably through a lot to have all, all of us content. And then on morning Sunday, we used to go to the early, to the early mass, 7 o'clock. We would be up early and go to church and then come back and have breakfast and everything. But we were simple. We weren't a crazy family. Now we are. <laughs> most people just needed a question to get them started. The most hesitant to talk with me was a soft-spoken man named David Orozco. He took out his driver's license and showed it to me as a way of asking to see mine. By showing him my ID, he was reassured. He invited me to join him at the table for lunch. Later, he opened his wallet again and withdrew a photograph of his elementary school teacher. I lost my father when I was four years old. My mother and I, we went through uh, terrible things. And many times, believe me or not, David, I was hungry. I am not ashamed, ashamed to say that I was hungry, but it's is it true. But I better myself by learning at least a trade, a trade. I wanted to go to school and study at profession or something, but there was no way for me to because I had to help my mother and my other two brothers. It was tough. I didn't go too far to school. I only went to, I think, third grade. So anyway, my teacher, Miss Mosley, we need more good teachers. I was, one day I was copying something blackboard and I was humming. I was and she, and she came from behind, so Price put her arm very hard like this. He said, oh, so you're the one who's making that kind of noise. I'm sorry. Stand up. I'll get up. Took him to the hall. At the time, they used to spank you. She had a rule like this. She said, you have three choices. We're going to give you ten. But you have to stand in front of the class with a tape in your mouth one hour. Or you want to sing. What would you choose? So we went and went back to the class. They started singing. Within 30 seconds, I had the whole class singing. She kind of liked it. And she arranged to, with a pianist to 
practice and go to uh, PTA meetings and sing. Good. David, we can turn things around. When things look rough, tough, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, you can think, we can move things around and work in your behalf. Claudia Lopez and Danny Alvarez also shared stories from their school days. When I, when we were young, when I was young and we were going to school, it was like all the teachers were white. There was no Mexican teachers and they had this thing where every day we'd go in and we'd have to show our hands, our face, and make sure that we were clean. And if we spoke Spanish, they would hit us with a ruler in our hands not to speak Spanish. I thought it was wrong, but I mean, I, I wasn't able to find them because I respected adults because that's what they taught us to, to respect our elders. I had a brother who was two years older than me. He kind of led me because we were closer in age. He was a good athlete, a good football player, a good, a good uh, baseball player. And I tried to emulate him, but I didn't have quite the skills he did. He had a nickname. All his life, he used to call him Bandit. So when I went to high school, they, hey, there comes a little Bandit, you know. I already had a moniker, a little bandit. Though decades had gone by since the parents of these people had died, it was as if the ensuing years had brought everything they'd been taught into sharper focus. Throughout this program, you may hear background conversations and the bustle of a busy restaurant. These are the sounds of community. But even in these public places, when the subject of mothers and fathers came up, they spoke of them with intimacy. Their parents have become an inner presence. At that time, everything was easy for us. I mean, we didn't... Uh, we were the type to obey your parents. When I was a little girl, I remember about 10 years old, some friends of mine used to ask me, let's go to the theater, we want to see a picture, silent pictures at that time. My mother wouldn't let me go. Says no. And they're inviting you because they have a, a cousin, a boy cousin, and he likes you. No, 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 you're not going. So forget it, I never wanted to go no more. Because she, she said that no, no. <laughs> I'll never forget my dad. He served with Pancho Villa in the revolution. He came here in 1916, 1917. Told me a lot of beautiful stories. He used to like to read. He, he learned to read and speak English fast like that. He was like a doctor in the community there. He was a, an electrician. He was a plumber. He was auto mechanic. The neighbors, he'd fix anything they had free. No charge. Just, just, that was my father. He was everything. My mom was, I was the youngest, so she spoiled me. Whatever there was left, I guess I got, you know, a little extra pennies or whatever. I know that we always went to the movies. For some reason or other, we had money to go to the movies. And my dad, he worked as a gardener in Hollywood. His work was um, gardener, gardening with another man, get together. They used to send him out to go and cut trees and, and flowers and um, out in the mountains all over, just to decorate stages for, to take movies. He used to come and tell us about it, <laughs> tell us stories that went on in the movies. He worked for Warner Brothers. He got so close to, to Jack Warner, the, the owner, he once gave him a suit, a beautiful suit. And I, I, we asked him, where did you get that? And he says, 
Jack, he says, uh, he used to call him by his first name. He knew him so well. He says, Jack gave it to me. My dad was a big guy. He was a big man. Have you ever seen John Wayne? Yeah. The same, the same exactly. Uh, my dad was that, that a big man. And he used to wear a belt with little bullets around, uh, made out of silver, like, and um, a hat. My mother used to tell us she was uh, afraid of the moon because it was so big in Arizona. And to me, I would see it and I said, how can it be big in Arizona when it's little here in California? <laughs> but to her, it looked bigger because I guess it's open spaces. There was right. no tall buildings. It was just ranch. So when I went there, I understood what she was talking about because the moon looks bigger there. My mom has always kept our culture alive in us. She taught us all the traditions. Except for Cinco de Mayo, we do not celebrate because that's not a really uh, national holiday, okay? It's more here than it is in Mexico. I try to keep, I try to, you know, in my grandchildren, I try to, to teach them. And they like it. They like this celebrations and going religious and holidays, uh, Mexican holidays. Yeah. My father always said, when you stop learning, it's time for you to die. Because you always can learn something new. You don't want to live in the past. I mean, you know, it's already gone. You gotta look to the future. I'd packed up my recorder and was leaving the El Cerrito Center when I met Eva Guerrera and Lucy Lopez. Sisters, they were in the lobby waiting for one of their daughters to pick them up. As they spoke, exuberant and at times talking over one another, everything they were saying as they were asking me what I was doing sounded like music to me. I scrambled to reconnect the microphones. We're going to tell a story about my dad. He was 17 when he came here and he didn't know nothing about nothing. And he started cooking, making haircuts, putting soles on shoes. And that's how he made his living. He did all this for all the other men that couldn't do nothing. They didn't know nothing. In the first place he came over here, he got a job at the railroad. And from then on, that's what he did to survive because the other men didn't know how. He used to go to the stores. He didn't know how to speak English. He used to act like if he wanted eggs, he would act like a chicken and tell him that he wanted eggs. If he wanted a pair of scissors, he would say like this, you know, he would do the things with his hand, you know. So he had a lot of hard time, but he learned a lot of things. He learned how to cook. He learned how to uh, take, uh, be a, a repairman for shoes. He knew how to cut hair. He knew everything. He knew how to cook and to help other people that didn't know how to do it. They would pay him, so he was a survivor. After that, from there, we came over here, and he worked, and we, we never went back to Mexico. But so other than that, my dad used to cook for all these men. Yeah, well, you, you already know. said it. Yeah, but he used, he used to get paid for cooking for yeah. the men. And from there, he used to send my mother the money to Mexico, and that's how he brought her back. Because my dad came when he got married and left my mom in Mexico. And then they came to California, didn't they? Well, I already said what he did. And he still no, we, went and he still, and he still worked for the railroad. And after that, he heard that they were giving a job over here in Los Angeles. So he came at that time. We all were, all my sisters were born there. 
I'm David Greenberger, and you're listening to Growing Old in East L.A. We'll be back in a moment. I'm David Greenberger, and this is Growing Old in East L.A. David Hidalgo and Louis Perez grew up in East L.A., and the two of them performed the music in this program. They started out playing traditional Mexican music over 30 years ago with their band, Los Lobos. visiting senior centers, I found everyone I spoke with was enthusiastic about music. Some liked to play, others liked to dance, and all of them loved to hear it. Even in their homes, by themselves, with the radio on, they weren't alone. I love the music. I love music. I'm dancing more the time over here in the senior centers. When I have a chance... And I have money to pay for good concerts. I'll be there. Mm. I love the rock and roll music. You do? Mm. Well, I like to look at the programs that have those rock and roll. Not those wild things that they're moving all around, but, you know, just rock and roll with soft music. I, I just listen to what's on the radio, on TV, I mean, yeah, amateur nights and things like that. The only thing what I like is music. That's it, but uh, I don't know why, but uh, not, uh, not from Mexico. I love the music. Rolling Stones, Beatles, Jimi Hendrix. I know almost all of them. A Bing Crosby song, you know, when they start out singing like, I surrender, dear, we played the game, I'll stay away, it cost me more than I can say, cause deep down in my heart I say, I surrender, dear, well there's more to it all the way through, but almost every song I know of this. I like it the most. Yes, I got a guitar in my house. I love music, all kinds of music, and I used to love to dance, love to dance, but I got rheumatoid arthritis about five years ago, and it settled on the bottoms of my feet, so now I can listen to the music, but I don't dance. Yeah, see, in my house only. Not on the street, no, 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 no. Music, just my opinion, is... International language we could go communicate. 
You mean page be German, Chinese, Japanese, whatever. As long as you have music. Something to enjoy ourselves. If you like to dance, but go ahead dance. I don't dance, but I like to listen to yeah. music. The me only Mexicans, yeah. yeah. Not, not in English, or in Spanish. Yeah. La, 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 la. yeah, yeah. Mexican music got popular, but when I was young, I used to go to American music and hear the big bands on the television and things like this. Oh, let me tell you, I, have, I, I went with my friends to the Hollywood Palladium, but we couldn't afford to take a girl. They used to charge like 25 cents or 50 cents. We'd go out by ourselves and go to the, to the, to the, the floor stand, you know, and sit way in front. <laughs> Just listen to the music. Frank Sinatra, Ray Eberly with Glenn Miller, you know. I can't dance. I went to, I used to, you know, to try, but I, nobody seemed to like to dance. And I wasn't bad looking. <laughs> I couldn't dance. But I went to Mexico, to Tijuana one time with a group, from, and I worked at Bullock's. And we went to a dance, and this man asked me to dance, and I said, I can't dance, I'm not a dancer, I can't dance. He said, oh, no problem, I teach dancing. Fifteen minutes passed, and he said, you can't dance. I joined a bowling uh, team when I worked, and they even asked me to stop. <laughs> I, am, I have no rhythm, and it takes rhythm to do those things. I mean, I really tried. They were polite to me for three weeks, and that was... <laughs> They said, come and join us, but <laughs> not bowling. <laughs> yeah, I like music. Hear the music and dance. Everything, but right now I not dance good because I had a transplant. My neighbors help me when I dance. That's good. La 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 Yes, I used to go dancing all the time. Really? Every little party, Teresa was there <laughs> with my relatives. You know, my brother has a big family, and on their birthdays they get married, and they used to invite me. My husband never wanted to go, so I would go. They would come for me, and they they always used to have parties. I used to enjoy going out with my friends. I used to have a lot of friends. And mostly all of them were Mexican group of uh, musicians. And they used to have little parties at home. At that time, they used to have parties at home. Nobody interfered or anything. And all the time, they used to invite me. And here, here I go. My uh, brothers always had music on. Right now, I, I'm a collector of music. I like swing, jazz, popular, uh, operatic, just music. Anything to do. Whatever, I just hear it and it just <laughs> turns me on. Turn me on. I used to get up early in the morning and put my, my radio on, listen to American music or, me or Mexican music, and here I used to dance with a broom, <laughs> finish my work, and then go out and water my, my flowers or whatever. But no more. You like guitar? Hey, 
La guitarra es I like it too much. Tan, 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 tan. Oh, ya volvimos con tan, 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 tan. simple rules for living a long and happy life. Instead, we have insights from those who have already lived a long time. My advice, to have patience, to share whatever they have, to have faith in God, a religion, some kind of religion. Faith and hope is the main thing and, and share with each other. If I had all the money I had when I used to be drinking and set them up for everybody, I'd be rich. You know? <laughs> really? Or all the smoking that I did with all that, if I had saved all that money from smoking, I'd be rich. But then I'm, if I'd be rich, I wouldn't know what to do with the money. I never envied other people's, their cars or their, what they have and everything. As long as I have what I have, I'm happy. I have my grandchildren, my children. You know, I'm satisfied, and I have God. You don't want to live in the past. I mean, you know, it's already gone. You got to look to the future. David, do you think it's story? Every person eats and sleeps and goes to the bathroom. I'm saying something. We're all the same. The only thing is, our minds are different, and we think different. There's so much to know that I don't know that I feel humble. On the other side, I what I do know, most people. And what I've experienced, most people have never experienced and know what I know. My life hasn't always been a bed of roses. Definitely it hasn't. But I take what comes and run with it, right? Yeah. The best I can. To be a good guy, an honest, decent fella. And that's one of the most important things. So you can be trusted. Mm -hmm. Well, but that was my uh, theory of being a good fella. I thought this world would be better because of the wars that we've gone through, right? I thought that the world would learn and governments would learn. But no, look where we're at now. God, I thought things would be better here. So you want to leave a better world for your family and friends. And now I'm coming around the home stretch and I still don't see it. Actually, I wish I could end a lot of the things that are going on, but you can't change the world. So I just, you know, enjoy and, and, and live my life now as, as it comes, one day at a time. I learned not to worry about something that I cannot solve. People worry for anything, for nothing. But can you solve the problem if you worry about it? The way I see it, I don't think so. Every city I've visited over the years in pursuit of conversations with the elderly has had its own set of local reference points. Landmarks, businesses, street names, they're all specific to each location. Take them out of the picture and the conversations could be anywhere. That's what keeps you young, being on the go, being on the go, meeting people. I love to talk to people. I'm a, I'm a great people watcher. Hey, 
I'm watching people, especially these younger generations, how, what their reaction is to uh, what ours were. You know, the different styles of it. And yet, these kids today are doing some of the stuff that we did 50 years ago. Yeah, it's a cycle. I like what you've done with your hair. What's for lunch? It's supposed to rain tomorrow. Is your son going to be visiting this weekend? What did the doctor say about those pills? I think that lady forgot her umbrella. Whose dog is that? The observations, questions, and their answers are the very definition of mundane. Think back on some of the thousands of conversations you've had in your lifetime. We remember how it feels to be with a person we like. The content is not what matters in the long run. Facts are a means to keep us in contact with one another, quickly disappearing, leaving us the more lasting emotional connections. I'm David Greenberger. The name of this program is Growing Old in East L.A., produced by me, David Greenberger, and Barbara Price. Music by David Hidalgo and Louis Perez. We collaborated with Jay Allison and Atlantic Public Media in Woods Hole, Massachusetts, with assistance from Vicki Merrick. This project is made possible in part by a grant from the California Council. I'm Aaron Glantz, here to tell you about a new website launched by KPFA, The War Comes Home, online at warcomeshome.org. Politicians in Washington always say they support the troops. Just ask John McCain. Of course we support the troops. Of course we support the troops. Of course.